The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Roderick O'Gorman is to today seek the approval of Cabinet to change the legal status of childminders. The Minister hopes to have more of the estimated 15,000 childminders register and allow parents to receive subsidies to pay for the service. I'm joined by three people Anne Ryan, registered childminder, Laura Erskine, parenting expert, and Colette Bennett, economic and social analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Good morning and welcome, one and all. Uh, let's start with you, Anne. Good morning. Good morning. You are one of fewer than 80 registered childminders. Um, why do you think so few are registered and why did you register? Um, I Okay, I start with why I registered. So basically when I my own children were young, I started childminding and I only minded two or three children at any one time along with my own children. As they got older, I decided that I want to make it into a bit more of a business. So as doing that, you want to increase how many children that you mind. And along with that, I discovered that in order to be able to uh, be properly registered, basically with everybody, as soon as you hit four children that you're minding, that you're being paid to mind, that you have to register with TUSLA. So that was the route that I decided to go down. I'm a very honest person. I always do everything by the book. So that was my reason for registering with TUSLA. Um, and obviously, over the t- period of time, it's become good for parents because I'm able to offer them the national childcare scheme. Because unless you're registered with TUSLA, you can't do that. Um, so the parents are benefiting from that as well. Um, I would say that majority of childminders who are not registered are basically not registered because the legislation as it is just now doesn't allow them to be. Or uh, that basically the regulations involved in childminding are basically the same as what you have to have for a preschool. So it's not suitable for in your home. Yeah. So that puts... I'd say a lot of people off as well. So the question will be what exactly the minister is proposing in terms of the regime that will permit uh, people who childmind in their own home or other people's homes, uh, what sort of regime he will put in place? Well, I think something that we need to make clear, which is very confusing for a lot of people, when they're talking about childminding, it's only people who are self-employed. They're working in their own homes, looking after other people's children. If you're minding in somebody in a parent's house, basically, in one of the children's houses, you're actually classed as a nanny. So that doesn't come into it under what they're talking about just now. You have to be in your own home, minding the children. So currently the legislation states that you have to have a fourth-minded child mm-hmm. before you can register with TUSLA. Most childminders don't want to have four children. They have their own kids at home. They want just to have maybe one or two children that they're minding. So uh, here we have a situation where they take uh, one, two, three, four children into their own home and therefore they uh, currently qualify. If they've less than that, they don't qualify. But yeah, the exactly. minister is hoping that they will uh, bring about legislation that will allow them to qualify. Does that s- still leave the, kind of the black hole of the nanny? It does, yes. Yeah, basically the nanny comes under a whole different childcare area. And I think in Ireland, especially, it's very confusing that a lot of people just hear childminder and just assume that's anybody who looks after a child. But there is def- different definitions for both. So a nanny it works in the parent's household. They usually just mind one family and that's it. And it's up to those parents to basically be employers to that person. As a childminder, which is what they're talking about today with the legislation, you work in your own home and you are self-employed. You do all your own taxes and all that type of thing. 
and I think it's very confusing. It, it certainly is confusing because I would have immediately assumed that a childminder could apply to someone who went to somebody's house to mind their children while they were at work or whatever, but not so. They would be classified as a, a nanny and a be nanny. subject to uh, normal employment law. There'd have to be PRSI and uh, wage receipts and all the rest of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think just now a lot of people don't realize this. And this is like I, I actually heard on the radio people talking this morning who were talking about childminders in the parents' home. And I'm there yelling at the radio. That's not right. It's <laughs> like, okay. this, is <laughs> this is different legislation. So this is if you're minding children in your own home. So a childminder would usually have maybe one, two or three families that they're minding for in their own home. Yeah. So the parents are coming and dropping the kids off to you. Now, you've made the point that you uh, want to do things by the book. That's the kind of person you are. What yes. do you think the resistance might be from childminders who do take children into their own home to registering with TUSLA? I think a big thing which always comes up in conversations is because you're working in your own home, that you don't want an inspector coming in and basically inspecting your house, which is what they will have to do if you're registered with TUSLA. Like, as a TUSLA registered minder, I know that TUSLA can turn up on my doorstep at any time and inspect my house, inspect the facilities I have for the children, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that puts a lot of people off because they're kind of under the view that they're in their own home. How dare somebody come in and basically criticize their home so to speak um which i think is a very hard thing and i think just now as a tusla minder the regulations are preschool regulations they're not child minding regulations and so, not so what sort of things uh, and what sort of things do you think might inhibit other people about the regulations you know demanding uh, crash like standards for yeah yeah Go on. I, I was going to say, I think the crash-like standards, like I would say I run a, hopefully a very professional business uh, that I'm doing for childminding, whereas a lot of people would want to just have it like as a little extra while their children are young. Okay, so they're not looking at it as a, for a full business. They don't mm. want to be inspected. They don't mind being guard vetted and insured and um, things like that. I know through Childminding Ireland that a lot of childminders do do this and they're more than happy to have the kind of basics that you need for looking after children. But like one of the things I remember from when I uh, registered with Tusla was I had a set of policies that were my own policies that I gave out to all parents and they were 10 pages long, very comprehensive, just straight to the point. Tusla came along and didn't like my policies. I had to change them. So I changed them. My policies, I actually redid them a couple of weeks ago. And there's now 45 pages of policies and procedures. Yeah. Now, I then submitted them to my parents that I childmined for and was like, here, read these and sign the form to say that you've read them. And they just about laughed in my face because nobody wants to read 45 pages of policies. Mm. But but are there things that need to be physically put in place in your home if you're to uh, bring children into your home? Uh, I mean, things that you might have to do, building or decorating or plumbing or any of those things that might make it onerous. Yeah, well, I was lucky in the house that we have was quite well suited for childminding so I didn't have to change too much inside my own home uh, one of the things that stood out was when the inspector said to me if I want to have kind of two babies and a toddler that I'm minding that they each have to have their own wooden standard cot you can't use travel cots because they're deemed as not being safe for the sleep regulations so if you want to have two babies and a toddler you're minding you have to have three wooden cots the wooden cots have to be at least 50 centimetres apart um, in whichever room that you're using for the children to go to sleep in. 
Now, in a standard two or three bedroom house, people will not have that amount of space to have yeah. that amount of cuts. And one of the things that always makes me laugh is I did like that. I buy the book. So I got my three cots. I have two wooden ones that are set up the whole time. And I have my third because that's what I was told I had to, that I needed. That's not even out of its box. It's not even been unwrapped. The mattress is still in its polythene because I don't need it. Because childminders don't have set times like creches would where children all go to sleep after lunchtime. Children here sleep when they're tired. We go out for walks, they might sleep in the buggy. You know, we go out on the school runs, they might fall asleep in the car. You don't need this. And I know a minder that I've spoken to in the past who actually had the condition put on her registration because she didn't have enough space deemed mm. in her household for the amount of cots that you needed. Um, so. the, the, the final question really, Anne, is about whether people wouldn't register because they feel they might be hammered for tax. And of course, if they're not registered, they can't pass on the childcare subsidy to the parents. Yeah, I think, well, I, the way that it looks just now is that they're, the government are very insistent in getting the National Child Care Scheme out to all parents, which I do agree with. It's a great, I think it's a great scheme for the, for the parents. Um, and obviously, they need to have some sort of standards to show that they're not just giving money to anybody who's looking after children. So I don't disagree with things um, with like the standards and things that they need to have. They just have to look at them from a house perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big thing just now is a lot of people look at childminders and go, oh, you're paid cash in hand. You're not paying tax. That's not fair. We all pay tax in our jobs. But a lot of people don't realize like the childminder can't register with Tusla because they have less than four children. And also if they earn less than 15,000 euros a year, that there, there's actually a tax exemption for childminding. So it might not be a case that they're trying to avoid tax or anything like that. It might just be that they literally can't, because of the way the legislation is just now, actually register. Um, and one thing I would say is that childminding Ireland is a great support for childminders, and they're very unjudgmental about everything. Like I phone them for anything and everything, and they will always help out. So if people are childminding and they're kind of worried that there is going to be issues and things like that, to give them a call, And they will totally support and help and give advice to anyone, even Mm. if you don't want to register with them, they will still give the advice over the phone. That's good to know. So don't be scared. Don't be scared to do do it. But I think as well, like when they're doing this action plan that's coming in place and they change the legislation, that the government needs to talk to childminders who are actually on the ground working, which that also lacks just now. That's kind of a different part of it. But that also lacks as well as the consultation with childminders who are working currently is very, very minimal. All right. Well, that's very good advice that Roderick O'Gorman and his officials better talk to childminders who are uh, uh, on the front line of all of this uh, before they bring about any changes in legislation. Anne Ryan, who's a registered childminder, thank you very much. Colette Bennett, Economic and Social Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Colette, good morning. Good morning. Now, we've had, obviously, the breaking news. This does not apply to nannies who are coming to your home to mind babies. So so that's uh, one clarification. Secondly, the tax situation. Can you tell us exactly what the nuts and bolts are? Because there will be people who are claiming social welfare and who are also childminding for extra money. Can you tell us what the tax situation might be? Well, just in relation to people who are are claiming uh, social welfare. So for anybody... Um, who might be looking for work or who might be in receipt of a job seeker's benefit, they can work up to three days a week 
and still claim. So if, for example, my childminder was looking after my kids for three days a week, she could still claim for the, the remaining days of the week on job seekers. That is, that is uh, yeah, but you're saying they can only, they can only claim fine. for they can only claim for two days a week if they're working three with you. Four. Yeah. Just to explain, they can't get the full social welfare uh, job seekers. That's right. So, you know, it, it, your social welfare kind of runs over six days. So you can work for seven, you're paid for six. And if you, and the requirement is that you are actively seeking employment and available for employment for four of those days. OK, so that might be a thorny one if you've got, uh, you're looking after kids, you're taking them into your house uh, for a five-day school week. Um, absolutely. But I mean, there's no evidence to suggest that that is happening. I mean, there are certainly anecdotes and I'm sure you've heard them and I've heard them. Um, but in terms of it happening at a scale, the evidence just isn't there to support it. And I found Anne really interesting in terms of her discussion around the registration. So when Anne is talking about the minding four children or more, that's preschool age children. If you're minding school age children, that threshold goes up to seven or more. So you don't have to register if you're minding six kids or fewer. Um, so again, that could be part of why the registration is so low. And I understand from the reports this morning um, that that is what the minister is looking to do. He's looking to change mm-hmm. those regulations to bring more childminders in mm-hmm. under those thresholds. But again, then we, you know, t- tax and registration are very different things. Um, so you know, you're not liable to pay tax if you earn less than seventeen thousand seven hundred and fifty a year. Um, because of the way, you know, if you're you're taking account of your full tax credits, your three thousand five hundred and fifty a year, um, you're not paying tax until you hit that threshold. And even at that threshold, you're you're only paying PRSI and USC of less than nine hundred a year between the two. Um, so again, it's not that you know childminders are kind of skirting around the taxation side of it, many of them won't be eligible or, or sorry, liable to pay taxation, uh, even those who are registered. Okay, so uh, the, the only thing would be, I suppose, those who are claiming full social welfare who are not admitting they've got a, a, an earnings from uh, the childminding activities they do, um, they would be reluctant, one presumes, to reveal themselves to Thusla and therefore the parents would not benefit from the, the subsidy? They may well be, but again, how um, prevalent that is, we just don't know. And in terms of those who are, say, running an after-school club, which might be, you know, four to seven o'clock when uh, the parents might arrive uh, back from their places of work and be able to pick the kids up, um, you're saying there's no, you can have six or seven kids in your house and you don't have to tell Tusla. You can have up to seven and you don't have to, to register. So if you have seven or more, you would have to register that for school-age children, yeah. Yeah, well, if you had seven or more school-going kids in your house, you have a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, look, thanks for that uh, clarification. Uh, Laura Erskine, listening to all of this. Uh, Laura, um, interesting clarifications from Anne and interesting clarifications on tax from uh, Colette. What do you think? <clears throat> yeah, th- there's a there's a lot of of clar- clarity there now for for those listening, and, and I hope the government are listening, um, too, because you know it, it's having a childminder coming into your home, and, and as Anne pointed out, it is a nanny. If the the regulations change and that nanny um can now uh you know apply 
you know, give the parents the the childcare subsidy, that's wonderful. Yeah, but the nanny However, can't. The nanny, the, parent- the nanny can't. I mean, if the nanny comes to your home and minds your kids, that nanny but is in your employ, thing. and that's not going to change. It it would appear. Uh, well, what- who knows? I think they need to consider that now because I think that that shining this light on it, um, you know, changes the the whole landscape of of what child minding is because not everybody can or will mind in their home, and that certainly, you know, if this is all about giving parents choice, um, and and allowing parents to choose the best sort of form of childcare for their needs, depending on whether they're working from home themselves, whether they work shift work, the age profile of their children. You know, the the net certainly needs to be expanded to include people who are child my parents' home. And and that unfortunately the worry then for parents is do they then become employers? Do they need to provide pay slips? Do they need to administer PRSI and USC as was pointed out before um, it, because these sort of taxes are liable? Or is the, the legislation hmm. going to allow those nannies to register as self-employed child minding services where they are you know making their own tax returns and uh, in which case then they set what the wages are because when you think about the uh, the expense of of a childminder versus a nanny, if a childminder is minding three to four kids in her own home, and she decides what the rate, uh, uh, what the fees are, and and she lets the parents know, and then she's she's able to also apply the subsidy. Um, however, um, if if a nanny is coming into your home at the moment, um, if the parents were to be having to register as employers, then do they have to pay that nanny the minimum wage, which is eleven euro thirty an hour? If you're minding one child um, at eleven thirty euro an hour for even just six hours a day, suddenly you're up to almost fifteen thousand yeah. a year just in what you're paying out to 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 one nanny for coming into your home to mind your children, and, and, and that from, may not be affordable. That's from after tax uh, income, so it becomes um, in tax terms very very complicated. And of course, if you're an employer and you decide to let the nanny go because she's been torturing your child, and it's usually female nannies, not so many male nannies as far as I know, so I have to be politically correct here, but then you could be done for unfair dismissal (laughs) and have the four-year-old testify to the tribunal that, yes, she did pull my hair and that kind of thing. I mean, where are we going with this? Exactly. And you make a very valid point, Pat, because, you know, that you are an employer then. There is employees' rights. Are they getting breaks? You know, if the child is having a tantrum, you know, how, how are they going to deal with that? And, and will those nannies be required to have childcare qualifications? Will childminders, um, you know, that are registering with TUSLA to be able to uh, to benefit from the, the, the subsidy to give that benefit to the parents, um, do they have to meet certain basic qualifications in terms of guard vetting, in terms of first aid courses? Is there a continuous professional development programme for childminders to allow them to keep brushing up on their skills, even in terms of nutrition and what they're feeding children. Um, so these are these are all things that need to be considered. Uh, and while I absolutely welcome um, the fact that the government are suddenly becoming more open minded and trying to uh, widen the net so that more parents can avail of the childcare subsidy, they really need to do to yeah. take a look at what is happening on the ground. Yeah, you wonder why the government doesn't do the simple thing, which would be to give parents who have kids of certain ages uh, you know more child benefit and much more child benefit and let them spend it as wisely as they can 
on whatever childcare they can afford. But that might be too simple. Laura, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the line. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.